What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And he swings, hits it high, and deep, and gone! Still going back! Yeah! Out of here! Welcome to the big leagues! Deep to center field, and it is gone! Wow, his first big league swing is going to be a grand slam home run. Swing and drive! Happy Friday and welcome back to The Call Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars in Major League Baseball, part of the Just Baseball Network. As always, I'm your host, Aram Layton, and in today's episode, we are going to discuss some of the biggest names in the minor leagues who had wonderful Junes. I can't believe that it is already July. Happy July to everybody out there and happy deadline season. It's creeping up on us and we'll be talking about a lot of big prospect trades, hopefully, and uh, some exciting discussions as that gets closer. But I want to talk about some of the big name prospects that maybe got off to slower starts and really kicked things in gear or were pretty good and then really kicked things in gear in June. Of course, that's Anthony Volpe is one guy I really want to talk about. Blaze Jordan had a ridiculous June that I don't think got enough coverage on the pitching side. I want to talk about Taj Bradley, Luis Medina, and also Ty Madden and maybe some time for a little bit more conversation on some other prospects at the end. But I wanted to talk about Volpe first and foremost, and I I figured he could almost get a full episode with just the ups and downs that he had through the first three months of the season. It's pretty wild to see the, the slash line through each span. Of course, April was a bit short, only 18 games there, but then May wasn't much better. And then obviously the fantastic June and Anthony Volpe's too talented. And I don't think anybody was really sounding the alarms on him, but after a ridiculous season last year, a bit of a step back in double was a bit of a head scratcher, but at the same time, it's baseball and he's human. And I think we're seeing that it was ridiculous to be overly concerned with Anthony Volpe. In April, through those 18 games, he hit a buck 97 with a 693 OPS. Then a month later in May, not much better, only a 676 OPS, barely over the Mendoza line. And then in this month of June, he has been spectacular. 298 batting average. I shouldn't say this month of June. It's now July. I still got to get used to that. 360 on base, 538 slugging. That's good for an 898 OPS. So one of the best prospects in baseball seems to be back. And he also had the five home runs and 12 stolen bases on the month of June. The guy has kind of figured it out. It seemed like there was a bit of adjustment that he had to make at the plate as well. And I was looking back at some of his ABs, and what really stood out to me is that, of course, as being one of the best hitting prospects and just all-around prospects in baseball, that's what every team, you're the guy that most teams are game planning for, even in the minor leagues. And the scouting report seemed to be kind of just get it in on his hands a little bit. Don't let him extend. Don't let him pull because he likes to lift and pull. We know that he likes to get extended and he likes to backspin baseballs, and he's had a ton of success doing so. As I've long said, though, the, the pitching in AA, there's a lot more ride or arm side run and high velo to these fastballs, and guys can command east-west a little bit better, and it makes it a little bit more difficult. And that's the thing with these 
double A pitchers is I know Alec Burleson said on the last interview that triple A guys pitch to your weakness even more so than their strengths but even double A some of the better arms do the same thing as well and they're trying to get Volpe out and you can't pitch to your strength against Anthony Volpe even if that's not something you do often uh, at the double A level even if you're still getting acclimated to pitching to the hitter's weakness that's a guy that you're going to try your best to pitch to his weakness rather than your strength because Volpe will beat you even at your strength even with the ridiculous numbers last year between low A and high A, double A is a big jump. And uh, we saw him keep the K rate still in check. And that was the most important thing. And that's why I wasn't overly concerned. It was more just pitch selection and and whether it was worth it in certain spots to try to hit that fastball running in on his hands, whether if, if he doesn't have to. And you're not going to be able to get around on these fastballs the same way you were able to get around on some of them in low A and high A. And also, busting the, the, the fastball in sets up some of the breaking balls away, which are going to be higher quality than you know what we saw at the lower levels. But again, he has still kept the K rate in check. When he was in high A last year for, for 55 games, he struck out about 23% of the time. This year so far, including June, striking out just 20% of the time. The walks are down a little bit because of course, more competitive pitching, and they're not just going to give you these four-pitch free passes that don't really test your uh, ability to really flex the plate discipline and shut down pitches that might be borderline. Uh, That's not as much of a test through the lower levels. Still walking at a 9.4% clip, that's fine, but you'd like to see that get a little bit better, and I think it will continue to get better uh, as we continue to see him just make better swing decisions and put himself in better situations overall and leveraging those hitters counts where that's where you can cheat, you know, to get the barrel out there a little bit more if you know they're going to try to bust you in in a hitters count. And if it's not middle in or even, you know, even more inside on the plate, then you just shut it down and take the strike on the outer half. Like we're seeing little nuances like that from Volpe in June. And that's what's incredibly encouraging. And even on top of that, he is stealing a ton of bases, even through his struggles with stealing a ton of bases, 30 swipes in 66 games already this season in double A. And it's impressive because we know the catchers are much better. The pitchers for the most part can be quicker to home play, but the catchers are much better in terms of throwing guys out at that level. So the complimentary tools were still translating. It was really just more of the offensive production at the plate. And can that same approach that he was able to use at the lower levels translate to double? Not completely. And that's some of the things that he had to work through. And now it looks like he has. He's using the whole field more. He's staying more you know, short to the ball with two strikes. He's really looking to just use the whole field a bit more effectively. And then again, in those hitters counts, he is able to still do what he did through the lower levels and not let himself get beat too much on the inside part of the plate, even against some of those more elite arm side run or ride fastball guys, uh, which is really a good sign. And I think Anthony Volpe is going to finish the year uh, among the top of the double-A ranks and a lot of offensive statistics. I still think he's going to get going. But uh, before I wrap up and move on to Blaze Jordan, his numbers on the year still are starting to look a lot more uh, I would say just solid across the board. 241, 334, 40. That's good for a 111 WRC plus as the 10 home runs, 30 stolen bases. I think he finishes the year with 25 plus. He might even get really hot and push towards 30 uh, homers. We know he's going to probably steal 50 bags, and I bet that batting average gets up to 275, and he'll probably get that on base to, to 350, 360. And we'll look at the end of the year and be like, oh, Uh, You'll forget totally that he had those struggles through the first couple months. The guy is really starting to figure himself out as a hitter and how pitchers are going to continue to try to get him out because he is difficult uh, to get out as he has proven. 
Let's move on to Blaze Jordan because this is a guy that I've always had a, a difficult time pegging because Blaze Jordan's bat is what's really going to carry him all the way through. We know that, uh, but nobody has really ever questioned that either. The thing is with Blaze Jordan is how good is the bat going to be? Is he really this insane power guy that is a generational, uh, you know, tape measure, home run shot kind of guy that he was when he was on YouTube as a 14 year old. Honestly, no. And not for the bad reasons. I'm not, that's not to say that he is not a good hitter. I'm actually surprised at how much more advanced of a hitter he is. If you would go off of the profile that we assumed for this guy who was about 200 pounds when he was 16, it seemed like it would have seemed like he would be a three true outcome kind of hitter. That's not what Blaze Jordan is. He's actually a more well-rounded hitter, and that's what's really floored me is the power is still there. I still see plus power, but this was somebody that I think if you asked around, even at the time that he was drafted or or around you know a little bit before that, people would have said, oh yeah, plus, plus raw power, big swing and miss concerns. Where is he going to play defensively? That's not totally the profile. I don't think there's that much swing and miss concern with Blaze Jordan. He's actually a pretty well-rounded hitter. I would like to see a more patient approach, and we've seen that more as of late. I'd like to see better pitch selection, and he's been better in that regard as of late. But this is not a three-true-outcome kind of guy. This is a dude that actually has a pretty good hit tool that was a ridiculous power hitter in the past as a kid, but has really turned into a well-rounded hitter. And he was one of the best hitters in June, and he has continued to be you know, one of the best hitters at his level. And I really think he's due for a high A call up. I mean, what he did in June was ridiculous. Hitting 404, 482, 660 through 25 games with five homers, 13 extra base hits. Most impressively, a 13% walk rate and 10% K rate. So this guy's walking more than he's striking out at this point at the low A level. Call him up to high A. Jordan has started to figure it out, and I want to see him challenged a bit more at the high A level. I'm also impressed at the the defense. I mean, and and impressed is is relatively speaking, right? I I don't think he's going to be a plus defender at third, but I've actually been surprised. I think he has a chance to stay there. If he can't uh, continue to develop at third base, I think he could be a very good defensive first baseman, but I've been surprised that he looks pretty serviceable at third and and a little bit more agile uh, than I think some people may have have imagined. But with Blaze Jordan, the bat is always going to be the calling card. And what's surprising to me is that this is a dude that is trending closer to a 55 hit tool, which I don't think many people would have expected around the time that he was drafted. And what really stands out to me with Jordan is a couple things. He started in his earlier parts of his professional career, and and even at the early parts of this season, with an open stance. And I think he liked to get open and then feel that sensation or kind of make that concerted move to close yourself off. You know, for guys that like that tend to fly open, they like to start open and close off so they have the thought of let me bring that foot over and keep my front hip on the ball but some hitters that try that method don't ever quite get back closed and that was somewhat of the issue for Jordan he never was getting quite back closed and would sometimes pull off of it sometimes the bat would drag he just wasn't in the right spot all the time and now we're seeing this year he actually kind of closed himself off a little bit with his setup and now he's just focused on letting his natural raw bat speed and strength eat really just picks up the foot puts it down has a little rhythmic 
hand load, and that's all he needs. Before, it seemed like there was inconsistency with the timing of it all, too, bringing the foot over. Sometimes the hand load looked rushed, and his timing was different uh, from pitch to pitch. That's not the case as much here, where we're seeing a guy that's repeating a very simple move much more effectively, and that's why Blaze Jordan is having this success. And I always emphasize this. People talk about you know movements with their swing and plate discipline as two different topics, and they're not. I mean, if you have your moves optimized in the batter's box, meaning if you're loading and getting into your pre-launch spot with as close to identical of timing as you can get from swing to swing or from load to load, and also getting yourself in a spot where you can be as efficient to the ball as possible, you're going to make better swing decisions because you're going to feel like you're not as rushed. You're going to see the ball deeper. And the more time you have to see the ball, the more time you have to make a better decision. We're seeing that exactly happen with Blaze Jordan as he's put himself in a position where he can see the ball a bit longer. And all of a sudden, his chase rate has dropped by 6% and might even be up as high as 7%. And his zone contact rate is up 6%. So anytime you see a guy whose chase rate drops about 6 or 7% and his zone contact is up 6 or 7%, Buy stock in that, dude. That's a good sign, and I don't think it's a surprise that we're seeing uh, those walk rates rise, strikeout rates drop, and the power has not been sacrificed at all because he is easily able to tap into his plus raw power, and we're continuing to see him get better and better in that regard. Get Blaze Jordan up to high A. He's already 19 years old. I know already 19 sounds like ridiculous, but we're seeing plenty of teams be aggressive with their 19-year-olds. He'll be 20 by season's end. Blaze Jordan is is having too much of an easy time in low A right now. Let's challenge him in high A. I want to, even if he struggles, who cares? Who cares? It's something that I think would expedite his his track to the big leagues a little bit, and also will be a good opportunity to learn because I think it's it's legitimately too easy for him in low A right now. We'll jump over to the pitcher's mound now, where uh, I've been very, very surprised by Luis Medina. And maybe, just maybe, I was too quick to write this guy off as a starter. I just watched a lot of starts last year, and I did not see a lot of hope in regards to Luis Medina uh, and him being able to command the strike zone and enough to go deep into starts and really be able to command his secondaries enough to go deep into starts. But... This dude has proven me wrong so far this season, and it's been awesome to see. I mean, the walks could still be better. Of course they could, but they are not as egregious as I thought they would be, and he's also been able to uh, go deeper into ball games over his last handful of starts. And again, the command has gotten better and better as the season has gone on. And what really stands out to me is... His breaking ball. His breaking ball seems to have more depth to it, and it really tunnels effectively with his fastball, which we know Luis Medina has a good fastball. We've always known Luis Medina has a good fastball, and it's up there in terms of induced vertical break, has a ton of ride to it, stays on a rope, even at 96 to 98. That's a plus-plus pitch. Uh, But what really stands out now is that his breaking ball has a lot more depth. It's breaking more vertically, and it just tunnels phenomenally with that fastball because it bites straight down. And he's commanding it better now. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing more confidence because it allows the fastball to play up. It's in the back of the head of hitters' minds. And he's even able to mix in a few change-ups here and there. That's the big thing to watch. I'm very curious how that will continue to progress for him. But so far, it seems like he's throwing the change-up maybe as well as he has ever thrown it. And the curveball seems to just be a much better uh, shaped pitch overall. 
with about four more inches of vertical break to it, which is which is really impressive. And then also the fastball is actually down a tick, which is what he wants. I think it allows him to actually locate a bit more, averaging more, you know, in the 96 to 98 mile per hour range, whereas he was hitting a lot more triple digits, but with little control of where it was going. And the fastball seems to have a little bit more vertical movement. So slightly less velo, more uh, of a better shape on the fastball and better command of it. Sign me up for that. And over his last handful of outings has been a much more complete pitcher. I mean, we've seen now three consecutive outings of more than five innings under his belt, where he went six innings, three outings ago with 10 Ks and just one walk, two hits against the Toronto Blue Jays double A affiliate, followed that up with five and a thirds where he struck out five, walked just two, and then followed that up again against the same lineup that he had just faced and was even better. Six innings, one hit, five Ks, two walks. So it's been really impressive to see him walk two or less over the last five outings as well. Continues to get better as the season goes on. And all of a sudden, Luis Medina at 23 years old and a young 23 either is going to pitch his way into being a big-time trade chip for them, uh, which I would imagine the Yankees are going to go out and look for some outfield help. Their pitching rotation is really good. I don't know if they want to part with Medina at this point. But if there's some other dudes that they'd prefer to hold on to, uh, it could be justifiable to part with him here. And, and now Medina is pitching his way into potentially being one of the centerpieces or a centerpiece in a deal if he continues on this trajectory. Much different look and double A from him so far this season and continues to get better and better. I still have my questions on the command. And I mean, you're still seeing him walk a decent amount when you look at the whole season. I mean, 12% walk rate still is not great. As of the last few starts, it's been much better. Uh, But I want to see him do this on a little bit larger of a sample size. But the increased depth of the breaking ball is a big selling point for me. Because a big reason why I didn't have as much faith in Medina was I just didn't know how he was going to get enough swings and misses beyond the fastball. That's a big change. And then speaking of change, if the changeup can even be average, all of a sudden we're seeing a much more well-rounded pitcher. But he's got to get the walk rate at least at a 10% clip to get into that Dylan Cease type of territory where I think the stuff, if the breaking ball is looking like it's looking, can be in that same conversation as Dylan Cease. But he's got a lot of work to to really do and a lot to, to improve upon before he gets there. But I am excited to see that that breaking ball really show like it's plus or even plus plus like some had long thought that it could be moving on to two other guys that have dynamite fastballs and have really enjoyed improvements this year because of their strides that they've made with their secondaries. I'll start with Ty Madden, then we'll get to Taj Bradley. But Ty Madden was somebody that kind of fell uh, in the draft a little bit when There were some concerns about his secondary stuff, and uh, there were some concerns about command. I I don't totally know why he fell, because I always thought Ty Madden was a pretty safe pick in the middle of the first round as a big-bodied dude that has a good fastball and a track record of success at Texas, but for whatever reason, slipped a little bit into the compensation round at 32nd overall, excuse me, and He's already looking like he could be a steal in the early going so far this year. And talking to my buddy who's caught him a few times in uh, the Detroit Tiger system, uh, Michael Rothenberg, has said 
his stuff just looks really, really good, and he continues to look better each time he sees him. And the fastball explodes out of his hand. And I think there were some poor grades on the fastball because some of the metrics didn't look great in college. I think that was part of the reason why we saw him slip a little bit. And if you even look at fan graphs, they put a 45 on his fastball, and I guarantee that'll be updated soon because it's 18 inches of induced vertical break. It's 95 to 97 miles an hour. Nobody's hitting it that well uh, so far this season. It's actually been a pitch that's gotten a ridiculous amount of whiffs at the top of the zone so far in high A, and it might be a little bit more of a challenge to get those same swings and misses and double, but I mean, guys will hit a fastball that is flat in high A. We've seen it. These guys are really good. Uh, Maybe low A, you can get away with it a bit more, but not in high A. But so far on the season, Ty Madden's numbers are as follows in 14 starts. He's got a 2.98 ERA. He struck out 24% of batters, walking just 6% of batters, a 1.04 whip. As the season has gone on, Madden has continued to get stronger and get better, and especially has commanded the zone much better. And over his last five starts, an 0.72 ERA, a 4% walk rate, 24% K rate, 0.64 whip. So it continues to get better and better as the season goes on. And this is another dude that could be ready for a double A promotion relatively soon. I'm not uh, as eager to promote Ty Madden because he is 22 and, and I want to reinforce, you know, if, if I'm the Tigers, I want to reinforce a lot of what's working for him and, and keep building that confidence with the secondaries. But man, I mean, this guy is starting to get more and more comfortable. The slider could use a little bit more work in terms of just his command. The shape is good, but he'll leave it over the middle every once in a while it'll back up on him and stay over the middle but he's mixing in a a change up a little bit I want to see him mix that in a little bit more and get a little bit more confidence with that and also has the taste breaking curveball once the slider gets a bit further along in regards to command I think Madden could be seeing a double a promotion maybe you know five six starts down the road or a little bit less than that uh, if the Tigers like what they see Madden has a chance to be one of the more exciting pitching prospects in the system and I know they've got Jackson Job and Job is fantastic but Madden's on a on a faster track obviously as a college guy and you know could be up at the big leagues by 2024 or end of 2023 and uh, that's really going to depend on how they handle him uh, on the rest of the season and how aggressive they want to be but I think Madden is further along even as a college arm than many may have thought and that's a big part to the fastball being better than a lot of concerned scouts thought it would be and the secondaries the feel for the secondaries being better and of course the command as well last pitcher I want to touch on before we move on to some of the card investments that I think are sneaky buys for under $50 I want to do five card purchases under $50 Taj Bradley is continuing to just look better and better. And Bradley's a guy that's gotten some airtime on here, so I won't spend too much time diving into Bradley, but the theme of these pitchers that we're talking about seems to be uh, induced vertical break fastballs, and Bradley is the best of the bunch. He is hovering right around 20 inches of induced vertical break, which would be right around the top of the big leagues uh, in that regard. The fastball shape is actually pretty reminiscent of Christian Javier, but at a higher velocity, and it's no coincidence that opponents are OPSing just 619 against Taj Bradley in double A. It's also no coincidence that this is a Rays guy who's going to just always be kind of that data darling. If you have the capability, the athleticism and the feel for spin on the mound, the Rays are going to identify you and they're going to help develop you. Taj Bradley is just 21 years old. He is a spectacular athlete as an overslot high school guy in 2018 and just continues to get better and better and better. We always knew the fastball would be good, uh, but how were the secondaries going to look? That was somewhat of the question. He 
mixes in some cutters now, which are a great different look to kind of get from him. And mixing in those cutters, so steal strikes, so saw guys off. It is just something that stays in the back of hitters' minds. I'd like to see him go to it a bit more, but maybe he just doesn't want to show it that much. He also has the slider, and it seems like the cutter is almost a manipulation off of the slider. The slider has been dynamite this season. And when I was doing my write-up on Taj Bradley, I was concerned at the quality of the slider. I was looking at more of an average pitch than a plus pitch. Well, he has adjusted the shape. And that's also not a surprise to me, not to just be another guy that just, you know, just continues to pat the Rays on the back. But if there's one thing that the Rays are better at than finding high spin, uh, high vertical break fastballs, it's shaping sliders. The Rays have kind of a slider shape that they try to perpetuate through their organization. And when I saw Taj Bradley and I saw, you know, maybe not the most consistent slider in the world, I'm thinking, well, if there's a guy with already a dynamite fastball that has good command and you are missing the slider, the Rays org is the perfect place for him to be. And that's why we were always really high on him. He's well up there in our top 100 list at JustBaseball.com. And that's because you're betting on an organization that specializes in developing sliders, developing the kind of one missing piece that Taj Bradley had. Opponents are not touching his slider this year. Roughly a 300 OPS against Bradley's slider, and he's going to it a decent amount of the time, which is really impressive there. Uh, we're also seeing him mix in a curveball and a changeup, and those pitches look a little bit more average, but with an elite fastball, potentially elite slider, and then the mix in of a changeup and a curveball from time to time, and of course manipulating that slider to a cutter, this dude has the makings to be an ace. If all of these pitches continue to progress the way that I think they can, I mean, the fastball is where it needs to be. It's really just command of the fastball, which is already good. Getting it to elite is really all he needs to continue to progress there. Mixing in that slider to cutter situation is really impressive because if he can manipulate that, that is just a headache for hitters. And then a taste-breaking curveball changeup that he can mix in. And I mean, if the changeup could even just get to average and he has the confidence to throw it 15% of the time, Taj Bradley can be an ace, and I I was not expecting to see this progression. Even when I saw him earlier in the year, I I definitely came away more impressed and thinking that this guy can continue to rise, but he didn't have the feel for these secondaries even this early in the season when we saw him. He has continued to get better and better in that regard, and man, watch out. Taj Bradley could be one of the next top pitching prospects in baseball and start to usher his way up to you know that top five, top three type of right-handed pitching prospects in baseball conversation, especially as some guys graduate. And I don't know if he's all that far off if he continues on this trajectory from the Daniel Espinos and even Yuri Perez's of the world, because again, he's still just 21 years old. Before I get onto the baseball cards, his numbers on the year, 13 starts in AA. He is pitching to a 1.82 ERA. He is striking out nearly 11 batters per nine, walking just two batters per nine for my percentage friends out there. 31.1% K rate, 6.1% walk rate. That's one of the best K to BB ratios in all of minor league baseball. This guy is going to be special and continues to get better. Now on to uh, one of my favorite segments that we do every Friday, which is the eBay segment where I give you some cards prospect cards that I think could be great investments moving forward. And uh, the theme today is actually all of the cards that I will be giving you or mentioning to you are under $50. And I'm going to start with Yohendrick Pinyango because I mentioned him uh, when we broke down the Cubs system. And Yohendrick Pinyango's cards are only about 20 to $25 right now on eBay. And this guy is supremely talented. I mean, his numbers so far this season have been great. 
He's tapping into way more power, and it's not really coming at the expense of consistent contact. I mean, we've seen the strikeout rate marginally rise uh, from last year, where I think he was at about 15 to 14 percent. He's at 17 percent this year, but we've seen the the home runs. Uh, just really, really jump. He's already doubled up his home run total from last year, but 108 games last year, he hit five homers. He has 10 homers through 65 games in high A this year. I mean, the exit velos, we've seen him push over 110. He has ridiculously quick bat speed. He can steal bags. He's got a above average speed. There's a lot to like here with Pinango. And talking to some guys in the Cubs organization, they all think he's extremely talented as well. Still just 20 years old and turned 20 years old a month ago and putting up good numbers at the high A level, 108 WRC+. plus. The one thing that's really missing for him right now is he is just super swing happy. And he's a guy that has an above average to potentially plus hit tool, which is super commonplace. We see guys with the plus hit tool just swing too much because they feel like they can hit everything. And just because you can put the bat on it doesn't mean it's good to swing at it. He's only walking 5.8% of the time, but I'll bet on a 20-year-old who's already putting up numbers in high A to get better in that regard and continue to get better at his ability to just lay off of the borderline pitches, cut down the chase rate, and start walking a bit more. If he starts doing that, I mean, Pinango could be a legitimate top 100 prospect type, which is extremely exciting. A guy that Pinango could probably learn from when it comes to patience is Emmanuel Rodriguez of the Minnesota Twins organization. And Rodriguez is 19 years old, putting up Silly numbers, absolutely silly numbers in low A so far this season. Hitting 272, 492, 551. That's a 200 WRC plus, nine homers, 11 stolen bases. He's walking 28.6% of the time. I'd, I'd assume that his swing percentage has got to be one of the lowest in the minor leagues. And I mean, that would be a bit concerning, right? Like how productive can you be if you don't swing? But he's nine homers in 47 games. So this is a dude that really needs to be promoted because if he's just not really chasing at all, I know the strikeout rate's kind of high, but the zone's big, effectively wild works uh, in low A. He's getting to his power. He's producing. He's getting on base at a 500 clip. Let's see him against better pitching so we have an idea of what he is capable of. But the power is legit. Uh, I think the hit tool is further along than people thought it would be. And I want to see what this guy can do at the high A level because there's some very exciting pop. There's just this crazy upside that for $40 on eBay is a no-brainer for me uh, when you have this kind of upside. He could flop. Uh, this approach could kind of backfire on him a little bit uh, at the high A level. So, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't buy a million cards, but if you want to buy a little bit of each of these guys that have boom potential for under $50, Manuel Rodriguez at about $45 on eBay is a no-brainer. A safer buy at around the same price, but not as much upside, is a guy in the, in the same organization. It's Spencer Steer. And Spencer Steer of the Minnesota Twins is 24 years old, has taken his game to another level at the double and triple A level, tapping into more power, one of the leaders in June in extra base hits, and has a nice complimentary game that I think could allow him to you know, really find his way onto a big league roster and then just hit his way into staying there. Not going to be a superstar, so you know I don't know if it's, it's a buy that people love at $41 to $45, but I like it because... I don't think it's going to burn me. And I do think that, you know, as he continues to, to progress the way he can, could be a nice, you know, $75, $80 card. You're not going to become rich off of Spencer Steer cards, but uh, I also like him for personal collection because I'm just a fan of the way he plays. He already has 19 home runs this season between double and triple A. He's not striking out much below 20% uh, strikeout rate, above 9% walk rate. He's an above average runner. 
He can play all over second, third, shortstop if you need him to. Heck, I think if they tried him in the outfield, he would be good out there or at least passable out there. Not the top of my list of buys, but if you're a Minnesota Twins fan or you want a safe purchase for a player that I think could carve out a pretty nice big league career if he continues on the trajectory that I think he can continue on. One other name that I really like is Adeel Amador. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about him uh, next week when I publish the Rockies farm system right up and Amador is a switch hitting shortstop with plus speed and I think above average raw power potential and just as just putting up great numbers through low a so far this season as a kid that just turned 19 in the Rockies org 305 404 466 slash line 130 WRC plus he steals bags he's already hit for eight or nine home runs he is really well-rounded and his game could translate into a legitimate all-star. This is a big boom kind of card that you could get here, and I love his persona. I love the way he carries himself. I think this guy could be a a big boom investment at $40 to $45. I think it's going to keep going up, though, as people are starting to catch wind of what Adeel Amador is capable of in the Rockies organization. Check out all those cards on eBay. Let me know uh, via Twitter if you pick up any of them or if there's any other prospects you're looking at. Let me know uh, who you're investing in. But that'll do it for this episode of The Call-Up. I hope you have a wonderful and safe 4th of July. We will talk to you on Monday uh, to break down some of the best performers across the minor leagues. And then on Wednesday, we will be talking about the recently released Rockies top 10 prospect list, which hopefully should be out by Monday, continuing to hammer out those write-ups for a much improved farm system. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a great 4th. And I look forward to talking prospects with you on Monday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.